This is Carol McLeod, and you're listening to A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. I love the holiday season that's framed by Thanksgiving on one end and by New Year's Day on the other end. Every single day that's squished between the last Thursday in November and the very first day of the brand new year holds a delight and a gladness that the other days of the calendar year just cannot match. Why is this? Well, I believe that it's because of the miracle of Christmas. How appropriate that in human terms, we begin this momentous season by the giving of thanks and we close it by the start of something brand new. Well, over this December month, we'll be traveling back to Bethlehem and discovering all of the joy of Christmas. You know, all of history pivoted on this one extraordinary event, and our world has never been the same again. So join me on my journey to Bethlehem as we hear donkeys braying, smell the pungent hay in the manger, and experience the stars over the field where the shepherds kept watch. Let's dig in. Let's settle our hearts and our minds on the joy of Christmas. Mary had grown up in the same village as Joseph, a carpenter's son, who was likely several years older than she was. Perhaps they had admired one another from a distance. Maybe Joseph had just been waiting for the darling Mary to grow up. Maybe just thinking about Joseph took Mary's very breath away. And now that Mary was 13 or 14 years old, it was settled. Mary was to become the wife of Joseph. Mary was in a home, in a house one afternoon, maybe working on her wedding attire or sewing towels for her new home, when she sensed someone in the room with her. Luke chapter 1 verse 28. And coming in, Gabriel said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Isn't that an interesting greeting? Greetings, favored one. What did that mean? Mary was about to learn that being highly favored by God does not promise a life of unbroken happiness, nor does it mean that all of your dreams will come true. Favor simply means that God is willing to use you. There's a tremendous price to be paid by those who are highly favored by God. Mary was about to be confronted with the reality that favor happens when God places a piece of himself into an earthly life. Mary was about to discover the intimacy of the Lord's presence and calling as never before. Luke one twenty nine. But Mary was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. So the Bible tells us that Mary was perplexed. She was in wonderment. There was a little bit of fear tinged with anxiety. I don't know about you, but I can certainly hear Mary's racing heartbeat as she attempted to process all that was happening around her this day. Her cheeks were probably flushed, and her young teenage heart was beating wildly. I wonder if Mary was thinking, who is this strange man? Why is he in my house? What in the world is he talking about? Am I even safe? Should I scream for help? As the angel Gabriel continued to tell the message of heaven to this young girl, perhaps Mary's fear subsided 
and a humble awakening began to dawn in her heart. Let's read on in Scripture, Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 33. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. I can just picture sweet Mary, who was trying to wrap her heart and her mind around the message of the angel. I wonder if she incredulously began to ponder, me? God chose me? I am the chosen one to carry God's child? I am to be the mother of the Messiah? Christmas for Mary was about understanding that God's ways are so much higher than our ways. Christmas is a reminder to me and to you and to Mary that His ways are always higher and better than anything we could ever think of or imagine in our own humanity. Christmas is all about the Holy Spirit bringing peace and joy through a baby boy to the mess that we have made on planet Earth. Christmas is about the power of heaven's reality invading one ordinary life. The Bible goes on to tell us that Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? I wonder if Mary's response was whispered. I wonder if her eyes were cast down as she used the word virgin in front of a man whom she had never seen before. This was such a private issue. Don't read this through your 21st century callousness. Speaking of your virginity at this time in history was an unspeakable issue. I wonder if at the same moment, Mary's mind was also questioning, you call this favor, unmarried and pregnant? That's not my idea of the favor of God. Christmas for Mary was about understanding what God's favor is really all about. God's favor simply means that he's willing to use you. Another thing that I learned from the Christmas story is that what I think is horrible initially may just turn out to be quite wonderful. Luke chapter 1, verses 34 and 35. The angel answered and said to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. This was the moment when Christmas officially began, and it has never stopped since. When the angel Gabriel said these words that are in Luke chapter 1, 34 and 35, to the Virgin Mary, I wonder, don't you, what was happening in the background? What preparations were being made in the glory of heaven? I wonder if it was at this moment, this very earthly moment, that heaven sprang into action. I wonder if angel choirs started to rehearse and if stars were being shined. I wonder if somewhere in Bethlehem, 
a little stable boy suddenly and unexplainably started giving his barn the cleaning of its old life. You see, my friend, when God gives a promise, when God is preparing for the miraculous, you cannot even imagine how he is rearranging, changing, and speaking to people on your behalf. You cannot imagine the preparations that are taking place behind the scenes. Perhaps an appropriate prayer to pray this Christmas would be this one. Holy Spirit, overshadow me just like the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. Overshadow my dreams, my preferences, opinions, and desires. Birth something new and something grand in me. Create something in me that will change this generation for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And then the conversation between Mary and the angel begins to close as the angel speaks his final words to the teenage mother. Luke 1, 36 and 37. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month for nothing will be impossible with God. Christmas for Mary was learning the ultimate truth of this one statement. Nothing will be impossible with God. You honor God when you ask of Him the impossible. Impossibility? Why, that's God's specialty. It is what He does best. God loves to show himself miraculous in the face of profound disappointment and darkness. Christmas has always been about the intervention of God into our ordinary lives. Christmas is about Christ being born into our disappointments and failures. So let me ask you a question now. What is your impossibility this Christmas season? Are you brave enough to ask of God? The impossible? Christmas for Mary was about learning the truth of this one statement, that when Christmas comes, we must have faith that nothing is impossible with God. You know, let me personalize this for you for just a minute. Most of us go through the Christmas season focused on self, don't we? On what we want, a husband, a diamond, our children to come home, a Christmas bonus, a new car, someone to clean our house. If that's what you're focused on, you are missing it. You are missing the hard lesson that Mary teaches all of us. Our plans pale in comparison to his wonderful interruptions. What these verses don't describe from Luke chapter 1 is the public outrage that Mary had yet to face. The purest girl in the entire village was suddenly spat upon. She might have been cursed as she walked by. Her reputation might be that she was now known as a loose woman. Perhaps now, as Mary walked into the village well, she heard the coarse language of the men, innuendos and nasty laughter. Mary had to learn that Christmas was not about her preferences. It's about dying to self and living for Christ, living for the purposes of heaven. Christmas is about trusting God in the face of pain and disappointment. You know, in our Western mindset, we have Christmas all wrong, don't we? 
We think that Christmas is about reindeer with red noses. It's about dreams of sugar plum fairies and elves that magically make toys. No, 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 no. Christmas is about the intervention of God into our ordinary lives. Christmas is about Christ being born into our disappointment and failures. Christmas is not about me. It has never been about me. It is about Christ revealing himself in me and through me. So Mary, the very young, the chosen mother of Jesus, now utters one of the most courageous statements in all of scripture. This is what she says in Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Behold, the bondslave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. Let's talk about this verse for a minute so that you get it, so that you have an aha moment. A bond slave was someone who could have gone free, but instead chose to stay and serve his or her master. Mary willingly chose to offer temporary housing to the Savior of the world because that was God's desire. When her world collided with God's ultimate desire— Mary died to self and submitted to the will of God the Father. When was the last time that you quoted Luke chapter 138? When was the last time that you said to God, Behold the bondslave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. Has God asked something difficult of you lately? How have you responded to God's difficult request. Have you said, Behold the bondslave of the Lord? May it be done to me according to your word? When God requires one of his children to lay down their will and their way for his best plan, often there is a struggle of the human will. Often we play tug of war with God. Unfortunately, rather than respond with the maturity and the wisdom of the young Mary, Many of us whine and complain. Some of us may even have the audacity to question whether or not God even knows what he's doing. What has God asked of you in the year 2020? Has he asked you to love a difficult person? Perhaps he's asked you to raise a special needs child or serve an uncaring boss. God is looking for those who willingly submit to his ways and plans simply because their heart completely belongs to him. God is looking for bond slaves. God is looking for men and women who serve him out of pure love. God is looking for men and women whose heart is completely his. God is looking for men and women who will allow him to interrupt their lives with his plans. It's called being a bond slave. Mary's pure heart and true resolve are revealed through the final words of her statement. May it be done to me according to your word. Is that the resolve of your heart as well? When your will comes into conflict with God's word, God's word must win at all costs. Like Mary, settle this issue of human will and the authority of God's word in your life today. I declare with Mary that in my life, it will always be done according to his word because I am his bond slave. 
One of my favorite intersections of the characters of the Christmas story happens when the life of Mary and the life of Elizabeth collide for a grand celebration. Are you ready to move on with me in the Christmas story today? You know, it wasn't actually these moms who caused the collision of great celebration, but it was the baby boys who were still in their wombs. Elizabeth had been basking in the miracle of a surprise pregnancy when Mary arrived at her house. A heavenly messenger, as you know, had just informed Mary that she had been chosen to carry the Savior of the world. Luke chapter 1, verses 39 and 40. Now at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country, to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. So Mary went in a hurry to the home of Elizabeth, the wife of a priest who had also been raised in the home of a priest. Perhaps Mary was longing for the stability and peace found in the home of the older Elizabeth. Maybe Mary was trying to escape the wagging tongues and the crude remarks that were being made at the village well. Maybe Mary's parents sent her to Elizabeth because they didn't know what else to do with the outrageous story that their formerly perfect young daughter had surely fabricated. Luke 1 verses 41 through 44. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. When Mary entered the home of Zacharias and Elizabeth, the baby boy within the womb of Elizabeth jumped for joy. The instant that John, although he was unborn, knew that he was in the presence of Jesus, the Messiah, he began to leap for joy. Oh, I love this. There's only one possible response to the presence of the Lord, and that is joy. These are the words of Elizabeth as found in Luke chapter 1, verse 44. For behold, Mary, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. Elizabeth expressed to Mary that this was not a soft little nudging that she felt from the baby within her, but that it was a gargantuan leap. John was exploding with joy at being in the presence of Jesus the Son of God. Do you remember what Psalm 1611 says? I tell it to you so many times. Psalm 1611 says, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. The Spirit of John was responding to the Spirit of Jesus Christ, where there is always fullness of joy. You know, I can only imagine. Would you imagine with me for a minute? Would you would you wonder with me? I can only imagine as these cousins over the years got together to play that every time Jesus walked into the house of John, John, the wild one, the lively one, would start to jump up and down. And his mother, the proper Elizabeth, might have said, John, dear, stop jumping. You're being so lively. 
And I wonder if this little boy, John, might have said, but mommy, I can't help it. Every time I'm around Jesus, my legs turn into kangaroo legs. You know, when Jesus walks into our world, into our lives, and into our homes, we must respond with complete joy. Our heart should begin the John jump. In his presence is the only place that you will ever experience true and complete joy, not just at Christmas time, but the other 364 days of the year as well. Now, when Elizabeth told Mary that the baby within her womb leaped for joy, the word used to describe this action is the Greek word skirteo. And this word skirteo is used only one other place in the entire New Testament. Let me read you that place. It's Luke chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. Blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. Be glad in that day and leap, skirteo, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way their fathers used to treat the prophets. The presence of Jesus will instigate a genuine leap for joy in an otherwise ordinary life. However, we are also expected to leap for joy when our life has fallen utterly and completely apart. There is no logical explanation for this joyful response in the face of emotional pain and deep disappointment, but it is the healthiest response for a believer in Jesus Christ. You can jump, my friend. Oh, yes, you can. You can jump. You can do the John jump at the worst moment of your life because Jesus has promised never to leave you and never to forsake you. This Christmas, I want you to respond to the joy of his presence, especially if you're going through dark events and through disappointing circumstances. I have learned in my life that there is no circumstance, person, or event that has the power to rob one of his children of the joy of his presence. Christmas has given all of us the assurance that while living on earth, we can be the beneficiaries of heaven's joy. When Jesus came, he paved the way for joy. I pray that like John, you will respond to his presence in the most miraculous of ways. You see, it is in his presence that's the only place that you will ever experience true and eternal joy. So I want to remind you in closing today that this Christmas, having your children home does not bring you joy. It makes you happy, and we all love happy. Having a tree laden with gifts does not bring you joy. It makes you happy, and we all love happy. Eating too much, being with friends, decorating the house, even giving to those less fortunate is not the true source of joy. Jesus is the source of joy. And so maybe even at Christmas time, we're looking for joy in all the wrong places. This Christmas, make room for his presence, will you? Will you spend time singing the carols of old? Will you read the word of God? Will you spend time on your knees praying for others? Christmas has given us the possibility of joy even while living on planet earth. When Jesus came, he paved the way for joy. 
I want to encourage you today to respond to the joy of His presence. This is especially important if you're facing a circumstantial challenge or disappointment this calendar year. Don't expect the festivities to relieve the pain. Only His presence can do that for you. Well, in closing, let me just remind you that my hope for you this Christmas season is that you will experience more joy, more hope, and more peace than you ever thought was possible. The God of Christmas is still giving gifts to His children today, so receive all that He has for you. I'd love to hear from you, so feel free to email me at carol at carolmccloudministries.com. You can also grab lots of encouragement from visiting my website, which is carolmccloudministries.com. And now let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person listening today. Father, I pray that this year above all years, we will experience the true, eternal joy of Christmas. Lord, I pray that you teach us all how to live life with the John Jump, that because we have you, our lives would be a never-ending song of joy and worship. Lord, today I especially want to pray for those who are going through circumstantial difficulties. Father, would you wrap your arms around each one and give them the joy of your presence. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, I'll see you next time on A Jolt of Joy.